Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, guys, before we kick into this, um, we get a weekly email, uh, you know, from uh, David Locke, uh, obviously, you know, run, uh, you know, owner, founder of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, we get a breakdown, uh, you know, all sports, uh, NFL. We have 35 shows that cover the NFL through the Locked On Network. Um, due to you guys listening, subscribing, and everything you did, we were able to crack the, t- crack the top 10 last week for the first time. Uh, guys, I appreciate everything you've done. iTunes reviews, ratings, those are huge. Let's keep this going, guys. I'd like to stick around in the top 10 here. It's a nice feeling. Uh, but, you know, I love the response, the reaction, and everything. And, you know, look, guys, I love talking with you, but I think you've gotten my stance on Amari Cooper today. So we're going to kind of let that one go, hopefully. All right. Um, don't trade for a guy that has $17 million on the hook, who the last two years of his football life have not been good. Uh, we'll, we'll stick in-house here, and we can always address that stuff in the offseason with $60 million in cap space or with draft capital. Moving forward, Lockdown Browns, it is PFF night. John Costco is joining us here, our sponsors this evening, mybookie.com, uh, Blue Chew here as well. Um, we're going to jump right into this. John, first off, how's everything going? I know it's a busy night for you. You drew the uh, Monday night straw here, so you got to go ahead and cover uh, Packers, 49ers. How's everything going, buddy? Really well. Uh, you know, long weekend of football, and it's uh, we're wrapping it up on a Monday night. And uh, other than, you know, the Browns getting spanked around the, the field yesterday, it's, uh, it was a productive and good weekend. Well, I, hey, look, I, it was... A quick, I guess, three and out or short drive or whatever, and all of a sudden the Chargers came right down the field. And look, it, it, guys, the team has been successful, but you're going to start to get some of these games where you're going to get some serious measuring sticks. And there, if you saw anything yesterday, you saw why a lot of people think the Los Angeles Chargers are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And that is what you saw yesterday. And also keep in mind, guys, Joey Bosa wasn't even there. So it could have been a lot worse. And you see, I mean, they're almost going to get an acquisition of Joey Bosa here in the next week or two back. And that's going to be a team to watch out for. They should, could make some serious noise in the playoffs. Uh, we're going to get to the grades here. And look, obviously, you know, right now it, it's crazy that we're to this point. But everything kind of begins and ends with number six. Um, obviously did not get a lot of help yesterday, whether it was the running game, whether it was the offensive line, whether it was the receivers. But Baker Mayfield got his first taste of, you know, kind of getting the wrong end of a day in the NFL. And I have zero confidence about how Baker Mayfield is going to bounce back from that. And I, I think you lo- almost you knew it was coming, and you kind of wanted to see it because Baker's the guy that you look. He's going to give you 110 percent anyway. But now this week, after what went on Sunday, he's going to amp it up. It's going to be 120. It's just the way the guy is wired. Yeah, I mean, I have no no doubts that he's going to bounce back from this game. And you know, if you think about it, like um, he he made some really good throws in this game outside of just two turnover throws, which turned into interceptions. When you when you do that. Uh, in the NFL, it, you know, they, they turn into interceptions. Sometimes you get lucky and, and then they drop the interception or whatever. But against a team like the Chargers, who uh, coming into the season, we, we had graded as, as the best secondary in the NFL. Uh, and then they had added Derwin James, who's, who's a stud. Um, only look, we're looking to improve that secondary. They haven't lived up to that yet. I think they really kind of showed their full potential uh, yesterday. So, you know, Hats off to them. Baker didn't play his best game. Uh, obviously, he wasn't helped out by some some you know untimely drops, uh, and some of his throws were just off by like just a you know a hair. You know, so uh, it's not like it was all bad. He had some really good throws in there. He had four big time throws, uh, but obviously, when you when you turn the ball over twice uh, and get spanked by you know three three plus scores, it's going to be worse than it 
it's just it's just going to pile up like that. So I have no I have no doubts that he's going to bounce back though. And this is the thing that with Desmond King and even what he did, this is you know Desmond King wasn't the greatest rated athlete coming out, and he kind of slid down in the draft process because of it. But you know some guys, you know whether it's the combine, whether it's the All Star circuit, you can't measure their football mind, and that's what Desmond King has. He may not be the greatest athlete, he may not be built how you want, but he's got the ability to read a quarterback, and he's almost got the ability to bait a quarterback, and that's kind of what happened yesterday. Um, we're going to shift here. Uh, a big part of what led to Baker's issues yesterday. And, you know, I, I, look, Damian Ratley, obviously a couple of drops. But when you find out on Friday about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, now you have been a guy who threw, uh, you know, threw three, uh, five games, had dressed twice, had not dressed three times. And now you not only went from, oh, you're maybe going to dress, to, oh, my God, you were going to see, you know, a, a, the largest amount of reps you've seen in the NFL, more reps than you saw in the preseason. Uh, so I guess I'll start with Ratley because I do think there was some bright spots to what he did. And we've talked about it in the past. And he brings something that, you know, uh, Jarvis Landry does not bring. And Antonio Callaway certainly does not bring. There's, you know, Damian brings something to the table. Yeah, you know, he has got that deep speed and he has, he has a long stride and he can get open. Um, I think, I think you know, you talk about like deceptive speed. He definitely has that and uh, his ability to stretch that field. Uh, he had the one drop, obviously, which was the... Uh, the wheel route. The, the the fleet the well that was a the wheel right he caught the oh that's right the the drop was the uh, flea flicker yep so you know you know unfortunate that that didn't you know he didn't bring that in if he brings that in you know you're probably looking at a completely different game for you know all in the whole so um, you know I, I like I like what he was able to do especially you know considering how much playing time he hadn't been seeing the whole season on uh, the next man up mentality. Yeah, he dropped the one pass, but he also made some big time uh, catches. He had uh, the wheel route. Uh, he had a one in, in the between the cover two where he, he leapt up and grabbed it and got smoked pretty hard and still hung on to it. So, um, yeah, I mean, for a rookie that you know that you probably didn't expect much out of at all uh, coming into this game and pretty much the season just because of where he was drafted. Uh, really, really impressed. Now um, we're going to go over uh, Jarvis Landry. Worst day as a Brown. Antonio Callaway, we're starting to get to where we're starting to almost stack these bad weeks for Antonio Callaway. And if everything was right and they had this wide receiver core the way it is, it would almost be, you know, maybe Antonio Callaway would see, see inactive. Or, you know what, maybe Antonio Callaway is only going to see single-digit you know, single reps this week. Uh, bad showing by the two of them. And I, uh, if I recall correctly, I think they saw 20 targets between the two of them. Um, we have them down for, for 16 total, you know, that uh, some other places will, will include throwaways for, uh, targets, which obviously not a target in our, our book. So, uh, Jarvis had nine targets, two catches and Callaway had seven targets, uh, and, and three catches. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, obviously just not good numbers at all. Both of them each had a drop. Uh, Callaway did catch one of his for first down, um, you know, and, 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 Part of it, you know, Baker wasn't quite as quite as accurate as he, he you know, expect from him. Um, but you know, when the ball gets some hits him on the uh, on the hands, they have to catch it. You know, Callaway had one that was deep over the middle that was a really yep. good throw, big time throw from Baker. Just dropped it, you know, and, and he could have a lot of room for after the catch running. So, you know, I think you know the thing with this this wide receiver core for me is that you've got Jarvis Landry who. 
you know, obviously he's not performing like you would expect him to right now. Um, some of them, some of the catches, you know, the targets he had were, were inaccurate throws, but he's a guy that you have to rely on. Uh, when you throw him the ball, there was one on the third down on the out route at the end of the third quarter that, I mean, it looked like he was just being really lazy trying to catch it. He tried one-handing it and didn't, I mean, it was just a, in my mind and, and, you know, I was even talking with Zach Robinson about this where, um, you know, he's a former NFL quarterback. He really, really didn't like that effort from him. We both just thought it was pretty pathetic, but um, he's, you know, he's got to bring those types of plays in, especially in, in a game like this where everything is not going right. You know, you're the veteran wide receiver. You've got to show that, uh, you know, to the rest of the guys, Hey, this is what you got to do. No matter what the score is, you've got to, you know, you got to step it up. He had a, you know, when Baker targeted him, he had a pass rating of, of 0. 0.0. So he's just got to be better. Um, you know, when, when there is a catchable ball there, he's got to get it. Even if it's not catchable and it's, or if it's, you know, contested, he's got to, he's got to get that too. So, um, yeah, I, I, you just got to expect a lot more from him. And then in terms of the rest of the group, you know, you're, you're relying too, too much on young guys. I think I had mentioned this on Twitter to somebody, um, you know, it's a lot of what people faulted Sashi Brown for was he was relying too much on just, all right, we're going to throw a bunch of young guys out there and they're going to develop that way. And it obviously we've seen what the results of that was over the past two years, regardless of what anybody thinks if it was a coaching issue or not, having young guys out there and having them try to, to learn it on their own hasn't worked out very well. You need to have veteran guys to lead these, this group and show them how to, uh, the way. And, you know, you have Jarvis there, but I think having, you know, Callaway being relied on that much as a guy who didn't even play football last year, you know, and also with Bradley, who's, you know, you know seventh-round pick, uh, Derek Willies, who was, you know, obviously he got hurt and stuff, at, you know, during this week. But these guys have to have veteran presence, and you'd rather have them see, you know, maybe 10 snaps a game as opposed, instead of, 30 to 60 snaps a game. It's it's a lot to ask for for young players that need developing. Um, so you know I, I don't know you know we had, obviously there's this whole discussion about who to bring in and stuff like that. They need to find somebody that can take some of these snaps away from them just so they can they don't have so much pressure on them. Well, also though when they come off the field, whether it's good or bad, they can go to a coach and the coach can say, look, I liked this or you know what. I didn't like that, and here's what you got to do because some of these guys, you know, they got to get two, three reps as opposed to an entire series and come down and got to sit right through it. And look, I mean, even, you know, the first, you know, the scoring drives for the Chargers, they were short. They were quick. So there was no way to sit down and counsel these guys through the six, seven, eight reps they just took because it was, all right, get your helmet on because you're going right back into it. So at least if you can get more of a rotation or get some depth to it. And here's the other thing. Uh, You don't have to be so wide receiver dependent. If you're deep at the running back position and you have two tight ends, so it's just so weird that they seem to be so wide receiver dependent when they they have a wealth of guys at skill positions. Um, one more here offensively, uh, John Carlos Hyde. Um, and now what we've been talking about is is well, you know, we're not sure if Nick Chubb can pass block and this that. Now this uh, you know again here now look and you know Derwin James. I know what kind of freak athlete he is. But if it's not going to matter, the result of the pass blocking, why are we rewarding him with 14 carries for basically absolutely nothing? 
Yeah, he had a bad day in pass protection, uh, and he's not been good all season long. He has given up three sacks, a hit, and four hurries, um, and Carla has hide that is. And so when you, when you think about it, like uh, he's not doing well in pass protection, so what would be the difference if you put Nick Chubb out there who, you know, he's only been out there for a couple of snaps in pass protection. Yeah, he did give up a sack. Yeah, he did give up a hurry last week. But, you know, the way you get better at it is that you – you know, you continue to, to play him. I think he's definitely a guy that now, and you know, he only saw seven snaps this past game. He needs to see more. Um, Hyde, you know, he has some flashes of good runs, but it's not a consistent thing. And then obviously you saw what Duke was able to do. Thank God they finally got him more involved. That really helped up my fantasy team, which, <laughs> got, you know, I, I hung on to him for, you know, for just this moment. I really, you know, this was a perfect game for him, I thought, to break out because of the, you know, the injuries at wide receiver and stuff. So I think they did start shifting a bit towards, you know, obviously giving uh, Njoku more involved. If you've noticed that the past couple games, Njoku's been uh, much more heavily involved. Um, so that is a good thing. Uh, you know, you look at, yeah, since Baker's been playing, essentially, he's, you know, seven targets, nine targets, ten targets. So, Yep. Obviously, good numbers there. So, continue to get him the ball. Um, con- continue to get Duke the ball. And then it's just spreading the wealth. And I think, you know, there is still obviously a young team with the rookie quarterback. They're going to grow and, and they're going to figure it out. And, uh, but, yeah, like like we said, like I think Hyde needs to start, you know, not getting as many carries and start spreading the wealth in the running back uh, you know, by committee. Well, and that's the thing. Look, I mean, you know, accentuate your positives right now. You know, David Njoku's one. Duke Johnson is one. So if you want to make the life easier on these younger receivers, and even Jarvis Landry right now, who is struggling. And guys, it's not me just going back to picking on. Look, I softened up on Jarvis Landry first couple of weeks. He showed well. But attack the middle of the field with David Njoku. Attack the middle of the field with Duke Johnson. You know, run him down the middle. You know, run all the, you know, the patterns right behind David Njoku with Duke Johnson. If they have to cover those patterns... There's going to be a lot more room to work with on the outside for these guys. So, you know, look, and Todd Haley, he's got to adapt to the guys he's ha- he has as opposed to just, this is my game plan, this is what we're going to go with. It, 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 there's a lot that can be done here, even with the injuries that you have. You have um, enough guys. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I will say, too, you know, I was, as I was doing this game and, and reviewing all 22 today, um, there were a number of occasions where Njoku... He, Baker was looking his way, but Joku ran the ran the wrong route or yep. didn't didn't run it in the in the right timing and the rhythm of the play. So, uh, and you could see that Baker was getting visibly frustrated with him, and, and you know, at least in the all twenty two, you could see that. So, um, you know, they 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 definitely are trying to do that, and I don't know how much of it is is Joku not understanding the offensive scheme and what they're trying to accomplish and maybe Baker's reading reading the route like hey you need to be here instead of what you know what you're doing so there there is maybe an issue with with Njoku figuring it out and just not you know uh not knowing the NFL playbook quite quite as well well I think we would all agree David Njoku should go find the time to call some NFL tight ends whether it's a Jason Witten, Antonio Gates, and uh, ask these guys to work out in the offseason. Yeah. Because he's got to go athlete to route runner. If he can put the two together, it, it's I mean, it, it's lights out for what his ceiling is. But even still now, guys, we say this when we talk about what he's done the last few weeks, and this is still without really knowing the correct way to run the routes from the tight end position. Impressive, but it could be 
absolutely monstrous the type of production you can get from a guy like this. Guys, ever since I've taken over the show, everybody always wants to ask for advice. They want betting advice. Look, I'll give you my opinion, but I cannot tell you who's going to win. You're taking it and it's your money. What I can tell you is who you bet with is just as important as who you are betting on. That's why I would tell you guys to take your business over to my bookie. Uh, they have been in business for years. They have great reviews online. Their mobile site, clean, simple, easy to use. I would only recommend a site that's been good to me. If I do bake a wager, it's not often, I do use MyBookie. That's why I'm urging you guys, take your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay, it is that simple. They have in-game, live betting, over-under on fantasy points, scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. MyBookie is currently slammed with new, uh, new prospective members. So what they are going to do for you guys is they are going to give you, if you make your... Um, if you file for new, uh, you know, package after seven Eastern time, John. If you file for at <laughs> seven Eastern time, they will give you a free twenty-five dollars. This goes along with the same deal that my bookies always run. You make your initial deposit; they will match it one hundred percent. So put down a hundred, you get a hundred. Do it after seven Eastern, you get two twenty-five. It's very simple, guys. New promo code with this, guys. Locked on capital L O C K E D capital O N twenty-five. Locked on twenty-five. Visit my bookie online today. M Y B O O K I E dot com, and don't forget the promo code locked on. 25 mybookie.com you play you win you get paid now john uh the offensive line uh the tackle issue was there last week it's there again this week and uh obviously it didn't help that baker obviously you know ended up with a little bit of an ankle deal and wasn't as mobile as he wanted to be but these guys um as much as we thought a few weeks ago maybe we're getting to the point where they're gelling now we're getting to the point now where we're playing some teams with some legitimate pass rush and we're starting to see some warts here from these guys. Yeah, you know, the offensive line wasn't all that bad. Um, I don't know if you've seen the grades on this. Um, they they graded out pretty well, and actually, Chris Hubbard, despite giving up two sacks, made our team. That was weak. the one that stunned me. Yeah. So and that's the thing is like everybody sees the, the two sacks, and, and then you saw that Baker got sacked a bunch. Um, that obviously is not good, but one of the sacks was on Baker. Uh, one of them was on Hyde, two of them were on Hubbard, the, the other was, was a clean-up, unblocked variety. Um, those those happened, but uh, he really wasn't too terribly under under pressure by the rest of the offensive line outside of Harrison, who who's now struggled two weeks in a row. He gave up a hit and four hurries, but um, outside of the two sacks and what Harrison did, uh, Batonio gave up one hurry and the offensive line was clean the rest of that. Um, some of it was... Baker, Baker wasn't quite seeing the field quite right uh, on on, a, on occasion. Um, he seemed like he was seeing ghosts, or or it could have been a coverage, you know, the coverage issue. So, uh, you know, because the, the receivers weren't getting open, so Baker had to bail from a clean pocket to try to buy time for his guys to get open. Um, Harrison is is like, you know, last week he struggled against Ter- uh, Terrell Suggs. Um, this week he struggled against Mark Ingram, uh, not Mark Ingram, Melvin Ingram, yeah, <laughs> wrong guy, not wrong Ingram, but, uh, so elite pass rushers, you know, guys that you, you know, gives you a really good test. He obviously struggled. And then, um, and that's the thing was with Hubbard, you know, obviously you give up a sack and it's late in the drop back, uh, both times and that's it. That's all he got beat on. So, you know, that I think. I think the stacks, the sacks obviously stick out, uh, but what doesn't 
you know, doesn't see, you know, you know, on the other 54 pass snaps that he had, he was completely clean. He didn't give up anything, didn't give up ground. He did a really good, really solid job. So, you know, it's, you know, Baker not uh, not getting the ball out in time. Uh, obviously, it was an issue. And then you had some, some issues with communication up front that, that caused, caused some pressures. And then, uh, uh, you know, it's just a compounding issue. And then you have you had 54 snaps, you know, 54 dropbacks. It's just a lot of, of passing. So it just looks worse than what it what it was for the offensive line and some of the last, you know, with Hyde's issues and then Baker uh, scrambling into the pressure too. Yeah, and, uh, you know, guys, as far as John's saying here, um, to give you a pass blocking grades, Joe Batonio, 87. Desmond Harrison, 70. These are st- 70, still an acceptable number. Chris Hubbard, 81. Uh, Zeitler, 90. Treader, 82. Um, run blocking grades, very poor. Your best run blocking Cleveland Brown on Sunday, guys. This is the one you all expected. I'm sure you're all ready for it. Your best run blocker Sunday who wore a white uniform was Antonio Callaway. <laughs> so that, I guess that's kind of what you need to know there, guys. Um, look, you know, I, I'm still going to say these backs need more. But, uh, yes, the run blacking obviously needed a little bit more from it. Uh, guys, we're uh, Locked on Browns, episode 253, PFF night here with John Costco. We break down the offense. We got John for lots of the game on uh, Sunday. Obviously, you know, it snoozer all around. And, look, this is going to happen in the NFL. Guys, we always say, look at that Buffalo-Minnesota game. Look at Buffalo yesterday. You're going to get one or two of these a season. And, look, even the Patriots, the Sunday night game in Detroit, every now and then you get into a game where, whatever the reason, it's just not your day. Yesterday, obviously, it was not their day. We're going to dig in here a little bit more now. I'm going to go over to the uh, defensive side of the ball. And, and this is kind of where it gets whew, really lean. Um, and, and I think the funniest thing, and I'll just go with this first, is, is John, and I know I talked about this with Jake Burns last night after the game, I don't think the Chargers ran more than – Eight, nine, ten plays, and they just kept going to it, and there was nothing that could be done about any of it. Yeah, uh, they kept doing a lot of pull leads and 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 reverses, jet sweeps, and that was it. Like they 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 stretched them out. Um, you know, they had seven seven trick variety plays. So whether it was a jet sweep or a reverse or whatever, um, they knew that they get to get to the edges for the of the Browns because they didn't pursue well and they obviously didn't um you know the pole leader the pin pole they did 15 of them uh you know that's just getting to the edge and trying to beat the the browns and and they obviously clearly did that um and then at the end of the game or you know late third quarter through the fourth quarter to me it looked like they gave up Uh, it it looks you know you had lots of guys not pursuing what's that i said either gave up or were gassed out I think it was just gave up. Like they only played fifty four snaps yesterday, or whatever it is. You know, like oh, sixty. Denzel yep. Ward had sixty. You know, Agba had fifty four. Garrett had fifty. Uh, Jamie Collins fifty four. I mean, it's not like they they've had other games. Maybe from the past couple games, or they're up in the you know eighties, nineties, whatever it was. Playing seventy snaps. Game, of course. Yeah. So you know. The Oakland game, 92 snaps. The Baltimore game was 87 snaps. So perhaps that came back and bit them, and they just were gassed and got gassed sooner. But uh, they were there were definitely plays where I thought that – the thing is, is that they're, they're NFL players. Like, it's been a week. You should be able to be fresh, right? So you get the time off. Um, you know, I think, I, think, I think Greg Williams does need to 
do some better rotations with the the defensive line, but you know, still, I think uh, I think you could see some better effort from the guys. That, you know, there's a couple of plays there that I thought would perfect. You know, pretty pathetic. I'm not going to call it the names or whatever, but for loafing, you know, you said I'll it. Call so. it up. I'll call it up. <laughs> so like, it's just you know, they got to uh, you know, defending to run is a mentality thing too. So, and, and you know, like we've always I've talked about and. We at PFF have talked about like defending a run doesn't matter, but it does when you when you start giving up you know ten yards a pop. So like it only it doesn't matter to an extent when you give up <laughs> when you give up ten yards of carry to uh, you know Keenan Allen on on jet sweeps. You give up eight and a half yards of carry to Eckler and seven point three yards of carry to Melvin Gordon. That then it does matter. Like if you're able to stop them for you know five yards of carry. That's one thing, but they're not even able to stop them at all. And so then it does matter. Um, it obviously, you know, kind of takes the, the will out of the defense when you do that. Um, and really, uh, for a pass rush that actually did decently well on just 22 pass rushes, but they never never had to force them to pass it. So, Well, and I think that's part of what I, I think L.A. did successfully is is, you know, look, everybody knew the game plan that they're not really rotating the defensive line. So you want to know what? You're going to play run defense all day. And we're going to gas you out that way. And, you know, in Keenan Allen, as fantastic of a receiver as he is, you never think, oh, man, I'm nervous about the jet sweep or they might run a reverse with Keenan Allen. And it just, there was nothing they could do about it. And all, and all I kept thinking in the back of my head is, imagine if this was Travis Benjamin, a guy who's got legitimate, like, you know, game-breaking speed. Because it would have been four of those. I mean, I think Allen ended up with 43 yards. It would have been four of those for probably 100 because Benjamin's got those jets and, you know, Allen just kind of took what was there and was given. It just, you know, rough to see it from that point. Um, you know, Miles Garrett, you know, the consummate pro for this team showed up, you know, showed up and, you know, he kind of gave everything he had. But, you know, I, whether it was give up, whether it was gassed because you've already through five games, you had played three overtime games. You know, part of that is, though, look, I mean, you've got to rotate these guys. We've talked about this a ton now, John. And they just, you know, whether... You think the guys are worthy of the snaps or not? You've got to do it to protect the gold that you have in this defensive line. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, a bright spot was having uh, Brian Price get 13 yes. snaps, Chris Smith 14 snaps. So there was some there that was going on, but still not enough because that was it. You had Anthony Zettel two snaps, but like the you know obviously Chad Thomas is a guy that. I don't know what, what's he doing these days, right? So, like, he's somebody that needs to step up that he can earn the trust of the coaches that they can put him out there. Um, you know, they just they need to be able to, to rotate guys because you're right. Like, they're getting gassed. Um, and it's just, you know, you, you look at – and I've said this before where, you know, you look at the, the Super Bowl, the past two Super Bowls. The Falcons didn't have depth on their defensive line. Their guys got gas. They were they pressured Brady on like once in the past the last like twenty five dropbacks, and Brady picked them apart. But when it came to the Eagles in that Super Bowl, they had a deep defensive line that they could continue to rotate their guys. They never got gassed out. End of the game. Brandon Graham makes the biggest play of the game, strips you know Tom Brady. You know that I think that's a good example that like you have to you have to be able to utilize these guys. A guy like even like you know Brandon Graham's a guy that's continually grading in the top ten for us. Uh, Fletcher Cox, the top five defensive tackle. These guys rotate, and then they come in there fresh, and they can they can still make a, a monster impact. 
So, yeah, they need to be able to rotate these guys. Miles Garrett, as good as he was as a pass rusher, he had two hits, two hurries, a batted pass, um, you know, forced a hold on, on a play, had a, you know, he won 31.5% of his, his pass rushing snaps. That's an elite, that's a, like a super elite level in the NFL, but obviously he was only on 19 pass rush snaps. So, you know, it's, it, yeah, this is not a, I mean, defensive line, has to get this, you know, has to get this uh, fixed because uh, more of what happened yesterday cannot happen uh, if these guys want to win games. And that's the other thing now. And now you're dealing with, you know, an injured linebacking core. And, you know, so it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, and, you know, they're bringing in guys like Navarro, Bowman for workouts. I mean, they're to the point now where they're scratching and clawing to find guys to come on in. So that's going to make that tough. Uh, guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color, dot com. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with same FDA-approved active ingredients as a Viagra or a Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, and since they are chewable, you they work up to twice as fast as a pill, and they give you the, uh, you know, whenever you're ready, they will give you the opportunity to be ready. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So, no in-person doctor visit, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they are cheaper than any pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for you, listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay five dollars for the shipping. Uh, again, that's BlueChew B L U E Chew C H E W dot com. Promo code Locked On to try it for free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. John, oh, yeah. we are I loved, I loved that awkward silence in the middle of that. <laughs> I, I'm trying, John. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. These, some of these other guys do it, and they just absolutely turn it into a stand-up skit, and, and it's fun. I, I can't do that because if I turn it into a stand-up skit, I would laugh even harder. <laughs> John, the secondary um, had been a bright, bright spot to this point. Uh, Chargers yesterday said, "Look, we are going to go deep on you." And we are going to feature a six foot three plus guy, and we are going to go deep on you, and let's see what you can do about it. And Tamarius Randall, obviously, you know, had been pretty pretty solid to this point, and yesterday for the most part had a pretty solid grade. Did have some coverage issues, um, but they felt they had something they could go after yesterday on the secondary, and they did, and they won with it. Well, so the first uh, there was that play, the two play drive where it was just two back to back deep shots. Um, the first one was a phenomenal ball by Rivers. You know, he, there's cover two. He put it right over, right, just right in the perfect spot. It was tight coverage still. Um, really not much you can do about that throw. The next one, uh, obviously the touchdown, Rivers threw it up for grabs, and there's no excuse for the, one of the Browns players to not come down with that, or at least just knock it to the ground. Um, knock it down. Yeah, it's you know. So you, you look at that. It's the two big plays like that, difference in the game. Uh, you know, that's a huge swing like that. You know, the the the, the coverage of, 
uh, you know, on a whole, uh, wasn't terrible. But when you have t- a couple of deep shots like that, it obviously makes it a lot worse. Um, you know, you look at what you know the the Denzel Ward gave up a touchdown to uh, Williams as well. I think it was Williams. Um, he he was in really good coverage. It should have been a false start. So you had you know three guys on the Browns defense stopped playing because they thought it was going to be a, a false start on on a left tackle there. Um, and again, Rivers put it in a perfect spot. Denzel Ward was in really excellent coverage. There was just not much you can do about a, the perfect pass. A perfect pass always beats perfect coverage. So you know, I mean, stuff like that's gonna happen. But uh, in an issue when when everything is going wrong, it just obviously makes it that much worse. So. Absolutely. Now, John. Uh, yeah, you know the football player and you, the football player and me. What do I do as a coach or somebody associated with this team? We talk about this today, and then everything just gets burned at the freaking stake. It's over. You chalk it up. It's going to happen. There's going to be a day where it may look good. It may look promising. But you walked into a fight. They landed that first haymaker, and you could never survive. We're looking ahead here to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, this is a team just fired the defensive coordinator. Uh, probably could have done that two or three weeks ago. Either way. <laughs> You know, kind of hoping he could stick around for one more week. But even still, at the end of the day, there's only so much you can expect from a coordinator. Uh, this should be a, you know, a get fat game here. Let's, you know, they should be able to go down there and look, you know, you got some guys here on this team. You got to get Antonio Callaway. I don't want to dismiss him yet. Antonio Callaway's going back to Florida. He should be geeked up for this game. Nick Chubb is headed back down to the South, obviously, where he had a lot of success. This should be one where they can go down there and look, as long as they can put this in the rear view, because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not the Los Angeles Chargers by any means whatsoever. So go down there and look, Jameis Winston, look, this defense is, you know, kind of, you know, made their living on being able to turn the ball over, being able to rush the quarterback. Jameis Winston ain't mobile. Jameis Winston is certainly a guy that can turn it over. So there's a lot of factors here where if the D can do what they're capable of, the offense can do what they're capable of. There, there shouldn't be too much of an issue here going down there and, and hopefully, you know, walking out with a W. Yeah, so, I mean, this offense is really good, obviously. Um, doesn't matter if it was Fitzpatrick or Winston in there. They, they, put they can up throw the ball. They can definitely throw the ball. So And, and they're a team that stretches the field. Um, so, you know, that is a definite concern that you need to have with, with this team. Um, but defensive-wise, they're awful. So it should be a, a team, you know, a game where the Browns should be able to move the ball, get some points, as opposed to the last two games where they're going up against, you know, essentially elite defenses, top five defenses in the, in the league. So they have some good pieces still there. Obviously, Gerald McCoy is still there. JPP is, is still a good player. Uh, he leads a team with five sacks, has six hits. So um, they can get her back. Uh, those two guys, they now have Carl Nassie as that um and then Levante, David, and Juan Alexander still a good, you know, good two linebackers that they have there. So um, it's the secondary is what where they've really struggled at, and that's what you know wins and loses you games more so than any position on on the defensive side of the uh, field. Um, and they've struggled there, obviously. So Carlton Davis, a rookie, he hasn't played well. Uh, Justin Evans. Um, I think he's the second-year player. He had, he's done all right. He had one good game, but he's you know he's a, he's an okay player from Texas A and M. Yep. Um, 
But the rest of them, the Brent Grimes has struggled this year. Ryan Smith has struggled this year. Him and his wife um, both go shut up. Yeah, and that's the thing. So like Brent Grimes, he still had like like he's still a player that we know has talent. So at any point, like it could turn around for them. Um, so he he's a guy that that has a lot of talent, can play. You know, just two years ago was one of the top graded cornerbacks in the, in the NFL. Obviously, he's older, and so he might be on the decline. But um, he's you know just like with any cornerback, you know, veteran quarterback that's played well in this league. Um, you can't take them lightly. So uh, they should be able to go down there and handle business. Uh, but I think I think it's not something that you should be overlooking on their on their defense. They still have quality pieces there um, that can play. Uh, you know, could could have that still has good plan. And the one thing you got to be worried about, you know, look, uh, Tyra, uh, Terrell Williams uh, from Chargers. Yeah, he's a guy who's known to be able to get deep. But uh, Deshaun Jackson still has the legit deep speed. And you got to think if they saw this on tape, obviously something Tampa Bay might be willing, you know, to exploit. And you know, obviously they, you know, Deshaun Jackson does not a fan of the short routes, loves the big ones, can't field a ground ball to win a game, but he uh, definitely can beat you in deep. Uh, John, uh, guys, everybody, John Costco, uh, you know, PFF, you know, uh, strong focus Cleveland Brown wise. Uh, we're going to let him go. He's got some Monday night duties. But John, I do want to thank you here. Uh, the growth of the show, the top ten, you, all the regular guests. Huge, huge part of that, guys. Go ahead, follow show. Follow, uh, I'm sorry, follow John. Follow the show, uh, the Twitter account. We do keep it follow back, Locked On Browns. We are keeping it, uh, we're closing in on 3,000 followers, guys. Let's make that happen soon. Follow me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, guys, I do appreciate everything, like I said, here. We crack into the top 10. It's not me doing it. It's the guests doing it. It's you guys doing it. We're all doing it together. Look, everybody's in on Cleveland Browns. Let's not let Sunday deter what we think is headed towards a greater, better product. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. We got Jake Burns coming on. We'll obviously break down the film, crossovers. We'll get to the pregame tailgate. Jeff Risen's going to pop in here once this week. We're going to make him part of our once a month feature, like we had done with Mark Sessler and with Benjamin Albright. So, you know, all stuff we got continued coming this week for you guys. I appreciate everything. Until we talk tomorrow, let's go Browns. LGB on the LOB.